Section 12 of the Private Sex Advice to Women. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Bodorf. Private Sex Advice to Women by R. B. Armitage. Lesson 12 The Argument for Birth Control. Let us now consider the general and special arguments advanced in favor of rational and scientific birth control, as stated by the advocates thereof. General Argument The general argument in favor of birth control may well be begun by the statement that rational and scientific birth control is not the fixing upon the race of a new and unfamiliar practice or policy, but is rather the scientific correction of a process and policy which is now followed by the majority of married persons in civilized countries, though in a bungling, unscientific, and frequently a harmful manner. The modern advocates of scientific methods of birth control seek to replace these bungling, unscientific, and frequently harmful methods by sane, scientific, harmless methods, approved of by capable physicians and other experienced and capable authorities and under the sanction of the law rather than contrary to it. The advocates of birth control seek to place upon a scientific basis, under cover and protection of the law, a subject which heretofore has been but imperfectly known, and more imperfectly practiced in some form by the majority of married couples, and which has heretofore been under condemnation of the law as far as concerned the actual dissemination of information concerning methods of contraception. They hold that it is the veriest hypocrisy to pretend ignorance of the fact that the great majority of married couples in civilized communities know and practice to some extent contraceptive methods, usually imperfectly and bunglingly, it must be added. One has but to consider the families of married couples and to count their children to become aware that at least some form of contraception has been known and practiced in many cases. This is particularly true of the more intelligent and cultured members of civilized society, among whom we find large families of children to be the exception, and small families to be the general rule. Among the less intelligent and uncultured classes, the reverse of this condition is found. It is hypocritical folly to assert that these small families to be found among the more intelligent classes of society are due to the fact that the husbands and wives are physically incapable of procreating offspring. The mere suggestion produces an incredulous smile from the reader. No one who is acquainted with the habits and customs of married people would in good faith offer such an explanation. Whether it is tacitly acknowledged by all thinking persons that such married couples practice some form of birth control, or else commit the crime of abortion. All physicians, particularly those who practice in the large cities, are fully informed as to the appalling facts concerning the prevalence of abortion among the women of the respectable classes, and are likewise fully informed as to the terrible consequences so frequently arising from this criminal course. The question, then, to many intelligent persons is not so much that of, should contraception be employed in order to avoid excessively large families, as that of, should not contraception be employed to obviate the crime of abortion with its terrible train of circumstances. And the birth control propaganda which is so vigorously underway in all civilized countries may be stated to be designed for the following purpose. Number one, 
to replace abortion and other harmful methods of restricting the size of families with rational and scientific methods of contraception and number two to supply to the married persons the best scientific knowledge concerning the regulation of the size of families and the methods of producing the best kind of children under the best circumstances and at the times best adapted for their proper care and well-being these advocates of the betterment of the race face the facts of human nature and married life fearlessly instead of trying to cover them over with pretty words and sentimental generalities they take things as they are and not as certain persons insist that they should be they live in a world of facts and try to better things as they find them instead of trying to live in a fool's paradise and contending themselves with denying the existence of the facts which they consider ugly dr william j robinson one of the leading american workers in the field of birth control ably presents the main contention of the birth control advocates as follows we believe that under any conditions and particularly under our present economic conditions human beings should be able to control the number of our offspring they should be able to decide how many children they want to have and when they want to have them and to accomplish this result we demand that the knowledge of controlling the number of offspring in other and plainer words the knowledge of preventing undesirable contraception should not be considered criminal knowledge that its dissemination should not be considered a criminal offense punishable by hard labor in federal prisons and that it should be considered knowledge useful and necessary to the welfare of the race and of the individual and that its dissemination should be permissible and as respectable as is the dissemination of any hygienic sanitary or eugenic knowledge there is no effort of force in our teachings that is we would not force any family to limit the number of children against their will though we would endeavor to create a public opinion which would consider it a disgrace for any family to have more children than they can bring up and educate properly we would consider it a disgrace an antisocial act for any family to bring children into the world which they must send out at an early age into the mills shops and streets to earn a living or must fall back upon public charity to save them from starvation public opinion is stronger than any laws and in time people would be as much ashamed of having children whom they could not bring up properly in every sense of the word as they are now ashamed of having their children turn out criminals now no disgrace can attach to the poor family no matter how many children they have because they have not got the knowledge because society prevents them from having the knowledge of how to limit the number of children but if that knowledge becomes easily accessible and people still refuse to avail themselves of it then they would probably be considered as antisocial as criminal members of society as far as couples are concerned who are well-to-do who love children and who are well capable of taking care of a large number we that is we american limitationists would put no limit on the contrary we would say god bless you have as many children as you want to there is plenty of room yet for all of you another writer a celebrated english thinker along these lines has said of the general argument in favor of birth control it used to be thought that small families were immoral we now began to see that it was the large families of old who were immoral the excessive birth rate of the early industrial period was directly stimulated by selfishness there were no laws against child labor children were produced that they might be sent out when little more than babies to the factories and the mines to increase their parents incomes the diminished birth rate has accomplished higher moral transformation 
it has introduced a finer economy into life diminished death disease and misery it is indirectly and even directly improving the quality of the race the very fact that children are born at longer intervals is not only beneficial to the mother's health and therefore to the children's general welfare but it has been proved to have a marked and prolonged influence on the physical development of children social progress in a higher civilization we see thus involved a reduced birth rate and a reduced death rate the fewer the children born the fewer the risks of death disease and misery to the children that are born the fact that civilization involves small families is clearly shown by the tendency of the educated and upper social classes to have small families as the proletariat class becomes educated and elevated disciplined to refinement and to foresight as it were aristocraticized it also has small families civilizational progress is here on a line with biological progress the lower organism spawns their prodigy in thousands the higher mammals produce but one or two at a time the higher the race the fewer the offspring the diminution in quantity is therefore associated with augmentation in quality quality rather than quantity is the racial ideal now set before us and it is an ideal which as we are beginning to learn it is possible to cultivate both individually and socially that is why the new science of eugenics or racial hygiene is acquiring so intense an importance in the past racial selection has been carried out crudely by the destructive wasteful and expensive method of elimination through death in the future it will be carried out far more effectively by conscious and deliberate selection exercise not merely before birth but before conception and even before mating galton who recognized the futility of mere legislation to elevate the race believed that the hope of the future lay in eugenics becoming a part of religion the good of the race lies not in the production of a superman but of a superhumanity this can only be attained through personal individual development the increase of knowledge the sense of responsibility toward the race enabling men to act in accordance with responsibility the leadership in civilization belongs not to the nation with the highest birth rate but to the nation which has thus learnt to produce the finest men and women let us now proceed to a consideration of the special arguments in favor of rational and scientific birth control as advanced by its leading advocates the advocates of rational and scientific birth control have presented the strongest points of their case in their replies to those opposing the general idea and without positively taking the stand that the burden of the proof in the argument concerning birth control rested upon those opposing the idea have practically assumed that position they claim that the right to birth control is so self-evident and its application so generally recognized though usually sought to be smothered with silence that the case in favor of birth control is really quite apparent to anyone seriously considering the same without prejudice the opposing side of the question is held by them to be presented principally by statements based on prejudiced and disingenuous statements which are capable of being turned against those advancing them and the present writer likewise is of the opinion that the strongest possible case for birth control is presented in the answer to the arguments advanced by the opponents thereof but before proceeding to the latter phase of the argument it may be well to examine briefly the several leading points of argument advanced by the advocates of rational and scientific birth control 
in order to clear the way for the answers to the opposite side of the question. The reader is, therefore, invited to consider the said points, briefly presented in the following paragraphs. Birth Control Encourages Marriage The advocates of birth control hold that a scientific knowledge of contraception would speedily result in a large increase of marriages, particularly among persons of limited incomes. Persons who have not been able to accumulate the little nest egg, which prudent persons consider a requisite on the part of those contemplating marriage, and the responsibilities of rearing a family of children, are in many cases caused to hesitate about contracting marriage, and often relinquish the idea altogether. Many of these persons are well adapted for marriage, being of the domestic temperament and having the home ideal prominent in their mental makeup. The increasing number of bachelors and unmarried women past thirty years of age, who are in evidence in all large centers of population at the present time, is undoubtedly due to a great extent to the fear on the part of these men and women regarding the proper support of a family and children. The increasing number of bachelors and unmarried women past thirty years of age, who are in evidence in all large centers of population at the present time, is undoubtedly due, to a great extent, to the fear on the part of these men and women regarding the proper support of a family of children. Many men and women feel that the man is able to earn enough to support himself and wife comfortably by the exercise of economy, but that the said earnings are not sufficient to provide properly for a family of children. Some would be willing to have one or two children, born after the couple have well established themselves, but are appalled at the thought of bringing into the world a practically unlimited number of little children for whom they would not be able to provide properly. These people shrink at the idea of abortion, and doubt the efficiency of the popular so-called contraceptive methods of which their friends tell them, and they either defer the marriage until later in life, or else give up the idea altogether as being impossible for them under the existing circumstances. A scientific knowledge of the subject would give to such persons, and there are many thousands of such, an assurance of their ability to safely and properly control and regulate the size of their families, and would lead to many a marriage which would otherwise be out of the question. It is agreed that the marriage state is the one normal to the average man and woman, and that marriages are in the interests of society, and few would seek to dispute this. Then it would seem that anything that would tend to encourage marriage among the right kinds of people who receive the encouragement of society and be fully protected by the laws of society, and that the old prejudice against the subject and the laws would discourage the same and place a penalty upon the dissemination of scientific methods leading to the said result are unworthy of civilized society and modern thought. Earlier marriages in curb on prostitution. It is generally conceded by students of sociology that earlier marriages tend to decrease the causes of the evil of prostitution, illicit sexual relations, and general sexual morality, and the consequent spread and existence of the venereal diseases which have followed in the trail of such relations, and it is likewise considered that prostitution is an evil and a cancer spot among modern social life and that venereal diseases constitute a frightful menace to the health and physical welfare of the race. Therefore it would seem that anywhere which would promote early marriages among healthy, intelligent young men and women would be a blessing to the race and to society. And as these earlier marriages are unquestionably prevented 
in a great number of cases by reasons of the fear of inadequate financial support for large families of children it would seem to follow that the best interests of society would be served by the encouragement of public opinion under the protection of the law of the teaching by competent authorities upon the subject of rational and scientific methods of birth control health of wives the advocates of birth control lay considerable stress upon the fact that a scientific knowledge of birth control would practically obviate the state of broken-down health so common among married women particularly among those who have been compelled to bear large numbers of children during the first few years of married life many a young married woman is in bad health often reaching the state of chronic invalidism as a result of having had to bear too many children and in too close succession not only is the above the case but there is to be found on all sides many cases of invalidism and shattered health caused by the horrible practice of criminal abortion it is doubted whether anyone outside of medical circles can even faintly begin to realize the frequency of this practice of abortion among the well-to-do and those in comfortable circumstances not to mention the countless deaths which arise from the prevalence of this curse were a physician to even faintly indicate the number of cases coming under his personal professional attention in which the patient is suffering from the effects of one or more abortions he would be accused of gross exaggeration and would be condemned as a sensationalist without going into detail concerning these things the writer states that it is a matter of common knowledge among physicians that in every large city there are thousands of unscrupulous including those who call themselves physicians who are kept busy every week in the year performing criminal operations designed to produce abortions some of these practitioners have many regular patients women who visit them regularly for the purpose of having abortions produced by criminal operations it seems almost incredible but it is a veritable fact that there are to be found among women in the large cities who actually boast to their friends of the number of operations of this kind they have had performed on them surely any instruction which would prevent the physical breakdown of so many women by reason of excessive child-bearing on the one hand and abortion on the other hand would seem to be worthy of the hearty support of society and the encouragement of its laws rather than the reverse so true does this seem that it is difficult to realize that there are any intelligent persons who would condemn such instruction as evil and harmful to society that such persons do exist is a striking proof of the persistence of ancient superstitions and the survival and tenacity of old prejudices morality of married men it is a matter of common knowledge among physicians and students of sociology that many married men particularly those living in the large cities indulge in extramarital or illicit sexual relations with prostitutes and other women of loose morals and this not because these men are naturally vicious depraved or licentious but rather because they fear causing their wives to bear them more children the wives being either in delicate or broken-down health or else the family already too large to be reared properly in justice to the children many persons who would see only what ought to be and who refuse to see things as they are in modern society will be disposed to pooh-pooh the above statement and to accuse those making it to be sensational or even morbid on the subject but those who are brought in close contact with men and women as our family physicians and specialists 
as well as honest students of sociology know only too well that the above is not an overstatement but is rather a very conservative recital of certain unpleasant but true facts in human society justice to the children the advocates of scientific birth control hold that a scientific knowledge along the lines favored by them would prevent the gross injustice to children which is now only too obvious to anyone who candidly considers the matter without prejudice the child brought into the world unwanted undesired unprepared for and unprovided for before and after birth is handicapped from the very start of its existence upon earth the present state of affairs works a terrible injustice upon countless children brought into the world in such conditions nothing that the present writer could put into words would state this fact more concisely and more clearly than the following statement made by dr william j robinson a leading authority along those lines who has said the responsibility of bringing a child into the world under our present social and economic conditions is a very great one the primitive savage or the coarse ignorant man does not care it does not bother him what becomes of his offspring if they get an education if they have enough to eat if they learn a trade or a profession well if they don't also well if they achieve a confidence or a decent social position he is satisfied if not he can't help it god willed it so but on the other hand the cultured refined man and woman look at the matter differently the thought of bringing into the world a human being which may be physically handicapped which may be mentally inferior which may have a hard struggle through life, which may have to go through endless misery and suffering, fills them with anguish. We see about us millions of working men and women who go through life from cradle to grave without a ray of joy, without anything that makes life worth living. In the highest classes we see a constant, hard, infuriated struggle to make a living, to make a career, and the spectre of poverty is almost as unremittingly before the eyes of the middle and professional classes as it is before the eyes of the laborer and all over we see ignorance superstition beliefs bordering on insanity hardness coarseness rowdyism brutality crime and prostitution prostitution of the body and what is worse prostitution of the mind the hiding or selling of one's convictions for a mess of pottage and our prisons asylums and hospitals are not decreasing but increasing in number and inmates it is my sincerest and deepest conviction that we could accomplish incomparably more if only a small part of the energy and money now spent on philanthropic efforts were expended in teaching the women the married women of the poor how to limit the number of their children in other words how to prevent conception it would work a wonderful reform in the lives of the poor and our slums would be metamorphosized in ten years it is we who are to blame now for the large families of the poor and for this reason we are morally obligated to give them the financial and medical aid that they demand but when effectual means are put into their hands for limiting the number of their offspring then they and not we will be to blame if they do not make use of them the rich and the upper middle classes those to whom several children would be the least burden are quite familiar with the various means of prevention the poor and middle classes use preventatives recommended by their friends these preventatives sometimes succeed sometimes fail and sometimes ruin the woman's health while the very poor 
the wage-earners, those who can least afford to have unlimited prodigy, knowing no means of prevention, go on breeding to their own and to the community's detriment. The result, as you can plainly see, is a general lowering of the physical and mental stamina of the race. For if the cultured and the well-to-do do not breed, or have only a few children, while the poor and the ignorant go on having a numerous prodigy for which they cannot well provide, and which they cannot afford to educate properly, it stands to reason that the percentage of the uneducated, the unfit, and the criminal must go on constantly increasing, and this is something that no lover of humanity can look upon with equanimity. Surely the above recited several points of argument in favor of birth control seem to be statements of self-evident facts to the unprejudiced, do they not? And the person of this kind, who considers them carefully for the first time, usually finds himself wondering what rational argument could be fairly urged on the other side of this important question. And when he acquaints himself with the arguments of the other side, he usually finds himself even more established in the belief that scientific birth control is advisable, sane, and along the lines of the mental evolution of the race. At any point it is difficult to escape the conviction that the burden of proof needed to controvert a proposition so nearly self-evident as intelligent and scientific birth control must be placed squarely upon the shoulders of those opposing the proposition. End of section 12